Hello, everyone, and welcome back to One Control Report Podcast, episode 14. Here I am, I'm Benjamin Yoder, your sole person for this podcast. We are meant to be for the next 20 minutes, maybe. We'll see, unless you leave, then it's just me here by myself. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week I have hopefully a better microphone set up. This is my first time really using it. Um, got me a stand here and me a wind guard. And I think uh, one thing that has probably been pretty noticeable in the few videos I have done in the last year or so is um, I, I'm not quite as bombastic sounding as before. Uh, the reason for this isn't so much a change in demeanor for me. It's just more of I live in a house with other people who care about sound now. So I have to try not to be as explosive as before <laughs> um so i'm hoping eventually uh whenever i end up moving out to my own place that i can return to the to the loud noise or I mean, not loud noise but more confident sounding voice i guess ah Anyways, so yeah, it's uh, for now, pretty much all my videos are probably going to have more subdued tone, at least in terms of how I deliver lines and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've got myself a new little setup here, so hopefully it'll be a little easier since I won't have to speak to the side of a microphone anymore, and so it'll sound like I'm actually in, in your ear rather than just like somewhere in the room behind you. Um, so this week I, I I was looking over the news. I didn't really see anything too too interesting worth talking about. Um, there's probably some news that I probably could talk about, it, but just scrolling through my feed, nothing really jumped out at me. But I did see that um, Japan's PlayStation Network, I believe, uh, was having a sa- sale sale on uh, Hunix games. And so I, I'm not entirely sure how familiar people are with Hunex. And honestly, there's probably really no reason to be familiar with Hunex. Um, but they're a long-running company who's been developing games since, I believe, 1993. They were a, a, a collaboration between NEC Electronics and uh, Human Entertainment, who probably is most well-known for their Fire Pro series of games. There's probably some other... I'm sure there's tons of random PlayStation 1 games that they put out that some people have a fondness for or, or like cult hits or things like that. But basically this was a uh, combination between NEC and Hunex to make games for the PC Engine, Tur- TurboGrafx-16, things like that. Um, and they started with a game called Magical uh, for the, uh, the PC Engine. And unfortunately, the games I'm most familiar with for them are probably not the most popular games that people have played. But at least I can le- read off some names here from their early work. They have like Vasile 2. They worked on the uh, the PC Engine port of... Um, of A name escapes me. Uh, Popful Mail. There's like three versions of that game. One for the PC Engine, one for the Sega CD, and one for the Super Nintendo. And I believe the Sega CD version is the original version. But I'm probably wrong, so... Yeah, but they worked on that PC Engine version of uh, Bastille. So 
what I know them most for is their work on PCFX. Uh, the PCFX is a uh, console put out after the PC Engine um, as a sort of successor to that uh, that system. As a, and so now it's like a 32-bit system. The problem is, is that they didn't go for 3D graphics like uh, Sony did, Saturn or Sega with Saturn and uh, Nintendo with Nintendo 64. They uh, prioritized 2D graphics and that pretty much completely backfired i mean 2d graphics i think today we can look back at it and say oh yeah obviously those are still really great and um i think at the time there were people who still really liked 2d uh sprite work and things like that um but from a business perspective 3d was the way to go for a lot of these games uh so the platform never really took off and never came out outside of japan but the one thing it did boast was the ability to uh I believe it had 60 frames per second full full motion video. It's either 30 or 60, um, but it basically had p- the best uh, options to play full motion video at the time. And I, the intention, I think, was that, you know, there's the new media back then where people were doing like the CDI and things like that. And it, it was a, part of that line of systems, I think. Um, but it unsurprisingly never really took off. But it did... Uh, house a lot of visual novels, a lot of anime uh, licensed games and games that take after the style of, you know, uh, mid-90s anime and things like that. And uh, Hunex worked on a uh, RPG for the system called uh, Blue Breaker. And this RPG was a... Uh, I believe it's 2D side-scrolling RPG. There's like an overworld, but you kind of choose between places on the map to go. But the whole gimmick with the whole game is is that uh, you could date all your party member ladies. So you're the main character, and you could choose different uh, companions at the end. Unfortunately, I have not played Blue Breaker specifically. I've only ever played its fighting game spinoff, Blue Breaker Burst, <laughs> which is a bad, slow, sluggish PS1 fighting game. But they have a huge long history. They made a bunch of RPGs that are very kind of like... I wouldn't say Dojin looking, but there there are low budget uh, anime uh, RPGs and visual novels. Um, and so as time goes on, you can see they did some stuff for the Dreamcast that was very similar in that style. But they eventually kind of went to doing just visual novels. Uh, There's a while where they did some simple series games, so that had a variety of different genres in it, but they started focusing almost entirely on porting visual novels to consoles. Um, they also uh, worked on some uh, Otomo ga- Otome games. Uh, let me see if I can see when they started working on Otome games. That is not the right section. But um, they started working on Otome games, and those seem to have gotten pretty popular. Uh, yeah, so PlayStation 2, their first one was on the a Simple Series game, and so now they do a bunch of mobile game Otome uh, titles. Have London Detective Story, uh, Collision. I'm not sure what any of these are. I'm not super familiar with Kod- or Otome games, <laughs> but uh, so now they they do a surprisingly diverse number of. Uh, games between the in the visual novel genre doing you know more traditional straightforward harem stuff with um with uh, a guy and a bunch of ladies and then also otome stuff with a, a lady and a bunch of guys um they also did some educational games on the psp for beauty 
and like how to get a boyfriend and things like that. It's it's really interesting. They just have a, such a huge number of games in their backlog that are kind of all over the place. They're likely just were trying to get by and <laughs> making a lot of these games. But um, I wish I could speak with the about them more um, efficiently, but I've really only played Blue Breaker Burst from them as well as... Uh, the mountaintop RPG um, that they did is like called like Silvery Peak or something like that, and it's like a simple series game as well. Uh, they also did like uh, Kira Kira Pop Star on Nintendo DS if you're into uh, rhythm games. Um, although the I think the the localized version of Kira Kira Pop Star was like horribly butchered because we need to make these uh, <laughs> closer to to Western uh, appeals, and that means everything awful i love video games localizations there's a complete i'm not going to go into this but side note there are a lot of good imagine uh games that ubisoft put out there just japanese uh games for nintendo ds that were just put out as imagine games so if you look into the imagine series you can find some interesting things around um like imagine ice champion uh, this week I did want to talk a little bit about um, some games I have been playing, and I've been playing a lot of online games, unfortunately, because they take so much fucking time, and when other people are around, like, you can't, either, there's two problems, one, other people are around, and you're busy doing something, so you feel bad, and you feel like you have to play, or two, um, nobody's around, and you really just want to beat it, I've been trying to beat God Eater forever, but I'm back on Final Fantasy XI, and I have a really long history with Final Fantasy XI, um, but I've been trying to finish up Seekers of a Duelin, which is the, the, I would say the last official expansion pack that was like a physical release that they put out, they eventually put out, um, Rhapsodies of Vanadil, which, in my mind, it was always an add-on pack, but from what I've been talking to some people recently, it's actually more of a full expansion. Um, but uh, I've been playing a bit of that, and um, it's it's surprising how much of that stuff in that game you still need people for. They uh, they kind of, um, for a long time, the cap in Final Fantasy XI was level 75, and they eventually raised it up to 99. And then for a brief period of time, they did item levels, which is pretty standard for most uh, online RPGs these days. Um, I'm not sure if it's standard that the item level eventually just stops. In Final Fantasy XI, item level stops at 119, and then everything after that is all lateral uh, additions. And um, it's... It made a lot of content in that game really easy to complete. And then you also get, like, NPC characters who, who will help you fight. Um, but once you get towards the end of a Adulin, uh, and it sounds like towards the end of Rhapsodies, it gets pretty tough. And I am very thankful that I have two other friends playing the game right now, because I would not have, uh, have been able to solo any of this stuff. I'm fighting Hades right now. The last boss of a duel and spoilers. Ugh. But um yeah. I, I made I took on this terrible task of wanting to beat Final Fantasy Eleven. Final Fantasy Eleven is an MMO with an ending, uh, which is crazy. In my opinion, that's crazy. Um I, I most companies wouldn't get that opportunity. And I think the only reason Final Fantasy Eleven did was because it still has a steady player base right now. But they probably looked at it and was like, we're not going to have this steady player base forever. And 
either we can just let the story fizzle out at some point or we can we can have it have a bombastic ending and i believe they still are adding like story bits but they're separate from the overall tell of Vanityl, the world of final fantasy 11 so so that's what i've been playing right now i've been playing a bit of splatoon um trying to to finish out uh my gear in that game i'd like to 100 percent the original splatoon just because i'm so close already i'd rather just do it but uh i bought i bought a switch bundle with splatoon which is uh, i hate buying bundles because it's like a garbage tactic but it had a splatoons in it and a splatoon case in it and a grip for splatoon 2 but it's not a charge grip which is like what the why what's the point of that the the regular switch grip makes no sense to me like just make it a charge grip i will pay the extra money if you make it a charge grip please i I don't know. I might see if I can, like, I doubt it, trade it in for something to get something towards a charge grip, but I'm guessing if I do, it's, like, $2. On the bright side, it's Splatoon-themed, but even that, it, again, it's, it's not a charge grip. It's, it's useless. I, it, I I haven't held the controller myself, but I feel like I'd rather just use the controller without the grip at all. So, so yeah, so we're going to go ahead and... Uh, even though I'm talking largely about games I've already played, um, and I guess I talked about Hunex a little bit, but their their history is way too expansive for me to cover <laughs> in eight minutes, and I have not played nearly enough of their games to talk intelligently about their lifespan. Uh, I would love to. I have the original Blue Breaker. haven't played it yet because I'm an idiot, and I take forever to do stuff. But we're going to open that cookie, that fortune cookie, and see what game we get. Hopefully it's not Final Fantasy XI. If it is, I'm going to replay it. Um, I'm gonna repull it because I haven't played this one. It was Kid Icarus. I, I should only, I should, oh, you know what? This is the problem. I, I only had unfinished games selected. Unfinished and unplayed. So it's gonna be a bunch of games that I own that I have not played, like Kid Icarus Uprising. I did start Kid Icarus Uprising, but that's a, that's a, we'll talk about that at a later day when I have more thoughts on it other than this is a video game. Oh, oh, okay, well, um, Kingdom Hearts 2, I guess, um, not a big Kingdom Hearts fan, I played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, I, and I won't spend too much time on Kingdom Hearts 1, hopefully, uh, was the first game I got on the PS2, along with Castlevania Lament of Innocence, um, and I don't know what it is about Kingdom Hearts, I just don't like it. Like, I didn't grow up with Disney, so so I don't have a strong affinity for any of the Disney worlds or characters. Uh, and I remember the gameplay just being, like, really, really simple. Um, and so I played Kingdom Hearts 2, I guess, 11 years ago now. It's been a long time. Um, I just didn't didn't like it. I don't like the, the Disney story. I thought the Operation 13, or whatever they're called, Order 13... 13 something 132 um i think that they're called like op, 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 oh something 13 anyways i thought their story was okay from what i remember when i was a kid well 16 that's a good right um and i just don't remember anything else about that game i remember like you got like two keyblades or something i don't know i just uh, my biggest my biggest memory of that game is that it's super repetitive um, and that the story doesn't really matter most of the time. 
and I don't really care about Disney, so I didn't have a strong affinity to any of the worlds. My my any any of the Disney worlds I did like were worlds that had um unique visual styles, like the Steamboat Willie one. I remember that being pretty cool. Um, I also think the Tron one at the time I liked as well. And I think at the time I was excited for the Pirates of the Caribbean one. I I was I want to say I was a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan, but I enjoyed the movies. Um. And I don't know, it just didn't it just didn't work for me. Uh but keep in mind this was eleven years ago now. Uh and we're still gonna have Kingdom Hearts 3, but that's okay. Because they put out thirty billion other games in the meantime. <laughs> um I'm an idiot and I wanna play three hundred and fifty eight divided by two days because it's on the Nintendo DS and it's a three D game and it's a four player local co op game that I'll never play four player local co op with because I have nobody to play four player local co op with in person because all my friends are on the internet. So um yeah it's just kino hearts in general is a series i'd really like to get back into um or at least give it another shot rather is maybe the better phrasing since i didn't really like the original games that much i think there's something i could like there um i'm a fan of kind of like light-hearted stories and stuff like that and and i think there are some games that do kind of the 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 adolescent but still um still uh satisfying story combination really well um and i can't think of any off the top of my head (laughs) um but i think kim hearts the potential to bring me in i just don't know what i need other than a battle battle better battle system from what i remember um but again, been a long time. And also, back then, I, I had a very different philosophy with kind of RPGs and stuff, even though Kingdom Hearts is more like an action-adventure game. Um, but there are RPG elements where uh, if I couldn't do something, instead of trying to solve the problem, I would just brute force it even harder. So I remember there were a lot of boss fights where I got stuck, and I just grinded away at them without ever thinking about what to do differently. Um, and I think when I was 16, I probably hadn't, ring that out of my system nearly as much there's a long time where i was really really bad about it uh, i think i've gotten a lot better now um but yeah that's the case so we'll see maybe i'll play kingdom hearts 3 maybe i'll play another kingdom hearts um giant bomb recently did a a their first episode of like a series of kingdom hearts videos and um i think i'll, I'll watch it I don't think I'll ever go back to Kingdom Hearts 1, and I think I'm curious to re-see that game. Um, so seeing someone else play it might be a good time. And I like I generally like Giant Bomb as a personality-based video game website, which is not true for most other personality-based video game <laughs> stuff. I generally hate Let's Plays and uh, most YouTube stars. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be a YouTube star one day. No, you're not going to be a YouTube star. You're going to podcast here by yourself on One Controller Report Podcast, episode 14. So thank you all for listening. Um, Hopefully this audio hasn't been awful. If it's like a train wreck, I just won't publish this episode probably. But if it's not a train wreck and it just sounds bad to some extent, you're just going to get some bad audio and I'll have to learn from my lessons.
but hey, these podcasts don't really matter. So this is the place to learn it before I try to record audio for a video and then have to re-record audio for a video. And then it sounds terrible because I'm reading at different times at different inflections. It's terrible. I hate re-recording audio. So, so this gives me an opportunity to say, Hey, how does this audio sound? Is it terrible? Um, because I'm actually seeing some pretty bad lines here now that I look at it. Well, all in the show before I start messing with that too much. So thank you very much, everyone, and you have a good week. Bye.